Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you. My name's Andy, and I'm part of the BCV team here. Well, last week we started a new series called The Journey Continues, and we have long dreamed of a permanent home of our own in the city, and as I'm sure you all know by now, after 20 years or so of looking and praying and giving and waiting, we purchased the building that used to be the home of Cave Hill Methodist Church, and we're really excited, and there's lots of different things to talk about with this, so for the rest of January and early February, we want to take Sundays and talk about our heart and vision for this building and beyond, and last week, I spent some time answering the most common question that we've been asked uh, since we announced all this news, and that's why North Belfast? Why the Cave Hill Road? And so if you missed that talk, I would so encourage you to catch up with that on our podcast or on our website and to hear how we feel the Lord is leading us to put down roots in this new-to-us building and the local area, but also how we still have an all-city vision and heart. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be using the three things we do, spiritual formation, community, or sometimes we say family, and then city and global impact, the three things we do as our overarching themes. We've talked about the three things we do a lot over the last number of years and how we do lots of different things here at the Vineyard, but every single one of them fits under either formation, community, or impact, or sometimes they kind of bridge all three of those really important things that we give ourselves to as a community. And this new opportunity with this building gives us a chance to prioritize formation, community, and impact in a new and fresh way by giving some things that we already do, a home and permanence, and then a space to do more things that we haven't been able to do yet or sustain because we have this new space. And so today I want to kick us off with some things that fit in the formation or spiritual formation theme. And that's worship, wisdom, the Word of God, and prayer. And when we give ourselves to these and many other things, we grow in the love of Jesus and experience His transformation in every area of our lives. The truth is, everyone you meet, everyone you lock eyes with, everyone on this planet, including you and including me, is being formed spiritually. It just depends on who or what we're giving ourselves to and who or what is doing the forming. And if we follow Jesus seriously and deeply, not only will we be saved and changed by Him, but His goodness and life will overflow and impact everything around us, our relationships, our circumstances, even our city, and the island that we live on. That's the great promise of John chapter 15, verse 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain, or sometimes it's translated abide or dwell in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. It's the abiding and knowing and trusting Jesus that leads then to life and fruitfulness overflowing. Spiritual formation is us taking His command to follow Him and His way and to abide in Him really, really seriously and then slowly bearing fruit, becoming formed by Him, putting His teaching life into practice. When we take formation seriously, the footprint of our lives 
Our legacy is covered by the love, mercy, and goodness of Jesus. That's why we insist upon it in BCV is one of the main three things that we do is pursuing formation in his presence. So let's talk about what might happen in this new home as we look to be people of formation, to continue to be people of formation and to build a house of worship, a house of wisdom, a house of the proclamation of God's word and a house of prayer. So first let's begin with a house of worship. Part of what I find so moving about this building is that we get to step into a legacy of worship that has gone before us. There's been decades of worship and prayer and crying out to the Lord in that space, and you can feel the sacredness of it when you're in the building. And one of the clearest things that I believe that we are to do with this building is to build and rebuild a house of worship. But I'm not just talking about having a bunch of services or, you know, an hour on Sundays where we sing to a wall and things like that. I'm talking about how our whole lives are to be offered up to God as worship, how we treat one another, how we work, how we do family and friendships, how we manage our resources, how our choices, how we show up to every single moment in our lives is and can be an act of worship. And with this next stage of the journey, we have received an answer to prayer and we have encountered God's faithfulness to us. And what if in response to what we see God do for us, And in us, we again, in response, offered up all that we are, all that we have, in response to Him. As we, as in response to this gift to us, what if our response was offering all of ourselves in worship in every moment of our lives? And what if we, in response, build a house of worship in us as individuals and us as a body that's beyond gathering and singing? and leaving again. Worship that's part of our habits and our practices and our rhythms and how we see our whole lives. A Romans chapter 12 verse 1 view of worship where Paul instructs the church and us, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offering all of ourselves, everything that makes us us, Into up, up to worship to God in response, journeying with Jesus and growing in the love of God and growing in our lives of worship. So having said all that, that doesn't mean we're never going to gather to worship and to sing together and all that stuff. Gathered worship, where we come together as a church to worship God together with the expectation that then He will meet us and He will encounter us, that's always been incredibly precious to us, and we're not going to stop. In fact, we're going to do more of it. Uh, worship is one of the most formational spaces that we can enter into. And as I've thought about it, you know, the pandemic has robbed us of so much, but one of the things that's robbed us of the most is worship. And our times of worship, um, they used to be unimpeded, but now there's masks, there's distances, there's numbers limitations, there's still people in our community due to health reasons and other reasons that don't feel like they can come together, so we still are separated and spread out across the city. And, and the pandemic has robbed us of that communal moments 
time after time in worship together. Now, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of our community for overcoming these things, these barriers, as much as possible. I'm so proud of our worship teams that have continued to step out of their comfort zones and they've stayed at their post and they've served us and they've led us, whether there's been masks or when it was online only, they did everything they could so that we might remain a worshiping community united together. But the truth is it has been really, really hard and we have been robbed of some things. And some things do need to be rebuilt. And one of the things I'm most excited about is rebuilding the house of worship that is BCV when it comes to before the Lord together praising Him. But this time, not with borrowed spaces, not with a constant setup and takedown that burns so much time and energy, but in a home of our own. And I just don't think we're going to want to miss this stage of our journey. And as we begin to worship in a space that's home, that we will have paid a cost for, that we will have contended for, I just wonder what the Lord might do with us, as, especially as we emerge in that space that we fought so hard for from the pandemic wilderness, and we emerge into a house of worship where we can build on the legacy that is already in that place. I believe a dynamic, worshiping community is a gift to the city. What if person after person was able to come into our worship environments and find the salvation and formation and transformation that is available in Jesus? And what if by building a house of worship in that space that we're about to occupy in North Belfast, what if that become, that space becomes a launching pad for planting many other spaces of worshiping communities in every part of our city? I think that's worth sacrificing for. I think that's worth giving to. I think that's worth doing and being around for. Well, we've always been a church that values the scriptures and teaches and proclaims them. And so one of the things I think we're to also do is to build a house of proclamation, proclamation of God's word. And we've studied God's word together. We've taught one another God's word. We've meditated upon God's word. And churches that value the word of God, it allows It allows the Word of God to shape them as individuals and as an entire community. And with this new space, we have an opportunity now to recommit to that. We'll have the chance to hear the sounds of the Scriptures being read out and taught and proclaimed among us in our own permanent home, which itself has a legacy built on the proclamation of God's Word. Building a house of proclamation doesn't mean a big pulpit or endless sermons. It's certainly about preaching and teaching, but it's also about continuing personally to be anchored in the truths of Scripture. So studying the Bible, learning how to read it for ourselves and build it into our daily habits, allowing it to shape and form us. We can't just teach and hear the Word of God as like good advice or an entertaining moment. The Word of God must impact us at the deepest level And then the world should be able to see the Word of God on fire in our lives. Jeremiah 23, 29 says this, it's the Lord speaking, Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is formational. And one of the gifts that we we can give to our city is being a community who are faithful to the Word of God, devoted to the gospel message about Jesus, and actually becoming a people 
who rest in and feed upon His Word and are compelled by His Word into lives of radical love and mission and obedience because they're actually the Word of God is on fire within our very bones. Something powerful happens in lives and churches and communities and cities when we let the Scriptures speak and we share them in any way we possibly can. We often find that the Spirit of God is all over and has even been preparing the way. Last September, I got a really surprising email from a person who lives in England, and I had never met this person before. It was a total stranger emailing me out of the blue. And uh, since then, we've exchanged a few emails, and he's given me permission to share his story. And uh, he emailed me, and he described himself as a total atheist, and really, really happy with that. And he's 36 years of age. And one day, he was out running with a friend, and she was discussing with him her faith in Jesus, and this friend happens to be from Northern Ireland. And they got into a big discussion about faith, and he had lots of questions. And she suggested that he listen to a sermon podcast from a really, you know, wee church in Belfast called Belfast City Vineyard. And uh, they were preaching uh, through a series called Foundations. And if you remember, that's when um, last year we preached, we took about six months and preached all the way through the book of Ephesians. And uh, so here's what happened. Um, And he said, um, uh, basically his friend said to him, go listen to these podcasts, and if you want to know God, why don't you ask him and see if he's real and he'll meet with you. So he says this, he says, when I was trying to sleep that night, I decided to do this, and in my mind asked for something to show me, uh, asked God to show me something, promising to be as open to whatever it might be as I could. And then he says, the following day I was listening to an episode in your foundation series and you spoke about grace and God's unconditional love and forgiveness for me, even though it's undeserved. And then he says, it felt like a smack to the chest as I realized that if an ultimate authority like God is forgiving me, I could forgive myself too. His love and forgiveness gives me the agency to do that for myself. I hadn't realized how much resentment for myself I'd been holding on to. Then that smack in the chest felt more like a hug and I couldn't stop thinking about this. He goes on to say, I don't know if that would have been enough to entirely convince me, but what sealed it for me was the change in me over the following days. The sense that I no longer felt bound by emotional crutches I've wrestled with for years. My appetite for these things was just absent and continues to be as I write this several days later. I also had a sense that I needed to cleanse myself, by which I mean I felt like I needed to clean up the sort of content I was taking in. My social media and online intake suddenly felt as if it was full of cruelty and a negativity I didn't want to sully myself with. Since then, I've continued listening to the podcast. I've purchased a Bible. I've been enjoying reading through the Gospel of John. And my running friend is now my spiritual friend. And so that was, a, I was back in September, and so right around December, I thought I'd get back in touch with him to see how, how's it going. And he wrote this, he said, Since we last emailed, I've been on a local Alpha course with a friend, and I found it really uplifting. On, earlier this week, they prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit, and I have to say, I've been feeling on top of the world. Since the initial conversations with my friend when we were out running, my life has radically changed for the better. I feel more confident and awake I've lost weight and gained fitness. I've had the confidence to leave a job I disliked and get a new one, which I'm excited to start soon. And most importantly, I've really grown through Alpha, and I'm looking forward to joining a church in the new year. Isn't that powerful?
Isn't that amazing when we just simply are faithful and devote ourselves to the Word of God and proclaim the Word of God? I believe we're to allow the Scriptures to impact us continually and we're to preach about Jesus continually. And that by building a house of proclamation, stories like my new friend's story will be repeated over and over and over again amongst children and young people, people of all ages, all backgrounds and demographics. They will find home in Jesus because we built and embodied a house of proclamation. The Word of God forms us powerfully and us putting deep roots down into God's word, building a house that prioritizes it clearly, preaches it faithfully and invites everyone to shape their lives around the wisdom and power of the word of God will have a lasting legacy. We are not going to want to miss this opportunity. One of the other things I felt for a long time that was be part of our church's story is that we were to build a house of wisdom and be a house of wisdom. A place where people could not just hear the scriptures and preaching and all the wisdom and power that it contains, but also receive all types of wisdom for how to grow in your life with Jesus and how to live in and experience His love, how to parent, how to do life, how to do finances and relationships, how to do marriage, and much, much more. And over the years, we've we've done so much to do that and to be that. But as we step into this new moment... We have a chance to really see this come to fruition in new ways. And what if building the building became a house of wisdom, not just on Sundays, but every day, with classes and courses and small groups and study groups and training for life? The picture in my mind is of that building just as shining light in the darkness and a house of wisdom based on the foundation that is Jesus. You know, over the years, we've done things like the following Jesus course, where we just... Um, Invite people, if you've never had anybody, take you by the hand and show you how do I practically spend time with Jesus? How do I follow Him? And just just help and train people to do that. We've done the Alpha Course, which uh, my friend referenced, which is just for people who are exploring faith. What are the basics of faith? Uh, We've done parenting courses, budgeting and financing courses like Cap Money. We've done marriage and pre-marriage courses. We've done emotionally healthy spirituality. We've done leadership courses and ministry training courses and much, much more. We currently also do things like counseling and spiritual direction and gospel of wholeness, all of which help us deal with the effects that life has had upon us. And they help us grow in our relationship with our loving God. And what if so many of you were raised up to teach and lead these opportunities and trainings and and ports of wisdom that we might offer to the world? And what if we were able to even open the building to the wider community and partner with groups and charities and our friends in the city who work with the addicted and the vulnerable? And what if we gave them space to share powerful wisdom for life? And what if we were able to welcome in anyone who is in seek of wisdom? for people who call BCV home and also for anyone who wants wisdom for life in this age of confusion. The world right now is shaking and reeling and is in need of real depth of wisdom. And I believe we have an opportunity to build a house of wisdom in that building. And see many grow in faith and many come to faith and introduce many people to the one who has all wisdom. And what if the church were known again as the source of the greatest wisdom? And again, what if people in the local area and people all across the city could point to that building 
as a house of wisdom and help for these chaotic and confusing days that we live in? And what if the wisdom of life with Jesus spread far and wide into every corner of our lives and every corner of our city? That might be worth doing, wouldn't it? That would be worth being part of. And lastly, um, I think we're supposed to build and continue to build a house of prayer. I I love that our church is already a house of prayer and intercession. And we have invested a lot in helping people grow in their personal rhythms of prayer, which, like worship, is just such a deeply formational space over time where we speak to and listen to God every single day and multiple times per day. We've also done loads of training in how to pray and how to pray for others in virtually every type of situation you might find yourself in. I love that every time our church gathers, you will probably see people praying for each other. And I just, that's one of my favorite pictures of our church. And uh, long may that continue. And I so look forward to all of that growing as we move forward. But we've also taken intercessory prayer very seriously, where men and women and children pray daily and weekly for us as a church, for individual needs within a church, for our different services and events that we have, and of course our city and beyond. And those teams lead the way in prayer. They're like a vanguard that goes forward in prayer and they cover over all of us. They pray through our services and our gatherings. They pray through our needs as a church, including venue. They've cried out for that for so long. And I'm so grateful for our intercessory prayer warriors. And much the same as worship. As I look at this new to us building, You can feel that we aren't stepping into a neutral space. We're actually stepping into a legacy of all that has gone before us in that building, including intercessory prayer for generations of families and for Belfast and beyond. And we are all reaping the fruit of and riding on prayers of generations that have gone before us, right? Those who prayed faithfully for God's presence and power to come, even though the move of God they were crying out for might not come until after they're long gone, and it's actually going to impact generations coming after them. And I feel like one of our assignments by stepping into this new space is to recognize that and to continue to build a house of prayer that's an engine and a base in this city so that we can play our part in the work of intercession for our city and beyond that's been going on for generation after generation after generation. So what if we built and continue to build a house of prayer? What if we continue to be a people of prayer who aren't afraid to invest significant time, energy, and space to pray in faith and ask our God to intervene in our lives, in our church, in our city now, and in the generations that will come after us? And what if we step into and receive what was prayed for decades ago and we see amazing things that God will do in and through us, but also invested prayer in the generations to come, that they also might know God, they also might see miracles, and they also might walk in immense blessing and power from Him and look back and see that it was people like you and people like me that paid the cost and paved the way for them. Someone did it for us. What if we played our part in praying for this great city of ours? And generations after us saw great moves of God that began because we built and rebuilt a house of prayer. 
I want to close like this. Close with this. We said last week that this image of a tree and a roots and fruitfulness beyond us has been really, really important for us over the years. And we mentioned again this powerful quote from John Wimber that's impacted so many of us. And that's, of course, this. Most of us all our lives have been eating fruit from trees we didn't plant. Somebody had the foresight and was willing to plant and establish these things so later generations would have the benefit. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about opportunities and things that fall more in the community and impact themes. Um, but I, I, just, I just want to close this by reminding us that we are asking you to consider giving to a building, but to much, much more than just bricks and mortar and a building. This is a chance. This is an opportunity for us to grow deeper and further into the love and growth that Jesus has for us, but also the mission and assignment that Jesus has for us in this day that he's asking us to be present and accountable for. It's an opportunity for us also to plant some trees for others then to receive the benefit who will come after us. We are eating fruit from trees others planted in every area of our life. This is an opportunity for us to plant some trees so others get the benefit. And as we continue to put down roots into formation and the practices that are essential to that, we believe that fruitfulness and legacy will come. And we believe, we are crazy enough to believe, we are in faith to believe that that legacy will cascade out far beyond us. And our kids and our grandchildren, our whole city and island will even get the benefit. Formation in community leads to impact and a legacy that will go far beyond us. I just want to pray for us as we close. Lord, I pray that you would stir vision again in us. I pray that we might give ourselves to building a house of worship, a house of the that proclaims your word, a house of wisdom, and a house of prayer. Would we be a people of formation in community that sees impact flow far beyond us? I pray that many would come to faith in Jesus because of the choices and decisions we are making in this season. I pray that many would find a home in the home that we're building and rebuilding. Stir our hearts to give. Call us to be a part of what you're doing right now in this season. I pray that our hearts would burn. I pray you'd release vision and ideas and innovation and how we could take formation and community and impact and leverage it with this new-to-us building and see amazing things that we haven't even dreamed of yet, Lord. So we pray for your presence and power to be upon us all. Would we not miss this moment? Would we respond with obedience and joy and lives that offer everything up back to you? We love you and we're grateful for you. Bless us, be upon us as a church community. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.